Hello, everybody, and welcome to Charts with Dan. We've got a lot to go over on today's show. A new Independence Day record here at the domestic box office. One of the weirdest box office phenomena that I've ever seen that I can't wait to talk about. Top Gun Maverick keeps doing what it's been doing all summer and more. Before we get to any of that, though, I want to thank my partner here on the show, as always, Carbon Health. I love having Carbon Health on board as a partner on this show because we both believe in what the other one is doing, and I specifically believe in their mission to make healthcare as accessible and affordable as possible for as many people as possible. If you download the Carbon Health app now, you can find physical locations for clinics that may be near you, but if you don't have a Carbon Health clinic nearby, you can also use that app for things like telehealth. People that have a clinic nearby can also choose Carbon Health to be their primary care provider if they so desire. There are so many great services that Carbon Health provides. You can find out about all of that on the app. Thank you so much as always to Carbon Health for being a partner here on the show, and I appreciate their support as always. So let's get to the box office here on this long July 4th weekend domestically, and we'll look first at the three-day weekend. So this would be July 1st through the 3rd before the actual holiday Monday yesterday. And we had another hundred-plus million-dollar debut, Minions, The Rise of Gru, shattering all expectations with a $107 million debut. I should note that these are estimated numbers. I almost always do final numbers here on the show, but because yesterday was a holiday. They didn't calculate final numbers for the three-day weekend. I didn't want to delay this show another day, especially since none of the the results were particularly close. So this is going to be one of the rare times where I'm going on estimates. But even still, $107 million for the Friday through Sunday take for Minions at number one. And that take is even more impressive when you look at it in context of the four-day Independence Day weekend. So this would be Friday through Monday, July 1st through the 4th. Minions the Rise of Gru at number one with a $125.1 million debut. So before we get to anything else uh, in this top five for either the three-day or the four-day, let's talk about Minions. When we look at years in which July 4th falls on a long weekend, so years really in which July 4th is on a Sunday or a Monday, occasionally a Tuesday, basically something where it's not just a three-day holiday. Minions the Rise of Gru had the best performance for any movie ever over a long July 4th weekend domestically with $125.1 million. It overtakes the record set by Transformers Dark of the Moon on July 1st through the 4th, 2011 with $115.8 million. At number three is Spider-Man 2 on July 2nd through the 5th, 2004. It took in just below what Transformers Dark of the Moon took in with $115.81 seven million Despicable Me is on this list, June 30th through July 4th. So this is actually a five-day extended weekend. It's one of those days where 4th of July fell on a Tuesday with just under $100 million, $99 million. And then at number five, the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Between July 2nd through 5th, 2010, it brought in $83.6 million. And really, when you look at these top five grocers over the July 4th long weekend, save for Spider-Man 2, I'd say this is really a murderer's row in the sense that if I were to watch all of these movies, movies in a row, I would probably murder someone. So a new long weekend record here for the July 4th holiday. However, it did not set a new illumination record. The first Minions still has the record for the biggest three-day opening weekend for an illumination film with $115.7 million. Minions The Rise of Gru with its estimated $107 million comes in second place ahead of The Secret Life of Pets with $104.3 million. Despicable Me 2 is in fourth place with $84.2 million. However, 
it should be noted that Despicable Me 2 opened on a Wednesday. So if it had opened on Friday, its opening take would be much higher. It would very possibly be the number one movie on this list. And then at number three is Despicable Me 3, which in its first three-day opening weekend took in $72.4 million. When we look at the opening weekends for this year, Minions ranks number five. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness still has the top opening weekend of the year domestically at $187.4 million, followed by Jurassic World Dominion with $145 million, The Batman at number three with $134 million, Top Gun Maverick at number four with $126.7 million, and then we have Minions The Rise of Gru at number five with its $107 million take. So let's talk about Minions The Rise of Gru and why exactly it went to such huge box office heights domestically. At first, I thought that this was just a lot of enthusiasm for the Minions because, let's be honest, there has been for quite some time. But over the weekend, I started getting tweets and started seeing news stories to suggest that maybe there was something else afoot. Because it appears that there was also a trend that was started on TikTok, which is a place that I very much am not, to have groups of mostly teenagers showing up in suits and in great numbers to watch Minions. From what I can gather, it's sort of an ironic thing of showing up dressed very fancy for a movie that's, you know, Minions. And when you look at the demographic information that was gathered, the audience for Minions was shockingly young. According to Deadline, Minions audience was 89%, 89% under 25 one out of three audience members for Minions The Rise of Gru was between the ages of 13 and 17. So you did see a massive turnout from young people and a huge turnout from people in that demographic that appears to have been showing up at theaters wearing suits. Universal doesn't care who went to see the movie because ironic money spends the same as regular money. But I do think that the people at Sony are probably scratching their heads or maybe, you know, punching a hole in the wall because this is the exact kind of reaction they wanted when they were trying to ironically re-release Morbius into theaters. I said at the time that the internet is not real life and you can't always expect memes to translate into people actually showing up, but that seems to have been exactly what happened here. I don't think this accounts for all of this box office for Minions The Rise of Gru, but the sheer number of accounts that I got, the, the number of times that I saw people talking about this on social media, and it's been in the press, not just movie blog sites, but mainstream news sites, I think that a chunk of this money was definitely from big groups of teenagers dressing up in suits to go and see Minions. Now, according to reports, particularly from places like the UK, some of these groups were rather disruptive and they had to ban the kids from coming. And I don't think that you should do that, but I'm probably gonna do what a lot of parents probably did in theaters this weekend, which is to roll my eyes and shake my head and realize that the world is moving far, far, far beyond me. I was reading that Universal, uh, the, the marketing campaign around Minions was something like 250 plus million dollars with all of these different sponsors and tie-ins and McDonald's and ads and billboards, etc. But perhaps the most effective marketing for their movie was completely free. And I'm sure that there's someone else at Universal punching a hole in the wall when they hear that. But this is the power of virality. This is what social media can do. It doesn't always work like we saw with Morbius, but sometimes one of these things can catch on, especially during the summer. 
I, I'm guessing a lot of these uh, mostly young gentlemen in suits were not in school when this is happening, so you have time to do these kinds of silly things. I'm not the biggest Minions fan, as you probably were able to suss out from my review of the movie, but I, I don't begrudge it its success. A thriving box office is good for the movie business in general. I would make a request, though, for this, this huge, massive uh, amount of people that came out to see it. Uh, just go out one other time this year for, like, like a little Oscar picture or something, you know, I'm going to be an old man saying, you know, like spend your ironic dollars sensibly in the future, folks, go see one of the pictures that needs it. I just feel like I have to do it because I'm the old man in this scenario. But yeah, listen, it's objectively kind of funny. It really is. It's 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 a bunch of teenagers dressing up in suits and sitting there like Gru and watching this dumb movie. It makes me long for the carefree days of youth when when I could have time and money to invest in that kind of thing. So if you're a teenager and you went to go see Minions this weekend in a suit and you were, you know, somewhat well-behaved, not throwing stuff at the screen or doing a mosh pit or disrupting it for everybody else, I hope you had fun. Build some memories. I remember when I was in high school, I did the same kind of crazy stuff. But it, it's just weird to be talking about it here on the show today. So let's talk about some non-Minions movies. When we look back at the three-day weekend, Top Gun Maverick was in second place in its sixth week with a 14% drop. At this point, it's just crazy what this movie is doing from week to week. $25.5 million estimated. And when you look at that number as far as sixth weekends, this is Top Gun's sixth weekend, or should I say Top Gun Maverick's sixth weekend, it could possibly, you see here, drop below Titanic. But right now, it has the second best sixth weekend in wide release. There are some other movies like Frozen, which uh, its first weekend was in limited release. And I guess the first Frozen movie actually should have gone on last week's chart. It's hard to suss out sometimes, but there's some movies that are on the list when you look at highest grossing sixth weekend, like American Sniper's on there, Gran Torino's on there, because they opened in limited release and expanded wide. This is as far as sixth weekend and wide release. Right now, Avatar has number one, but Top Gun Maverick has number two, just above Titanic at number three with $25.2 million. Then we see Black Panther at number four and Frozen 2 there at number 5 with $16.8 million. So Top Gun Maverick continuing to show really impressive legs uh, at the box office in that top 5 as far as, you know, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th weekends and continuing to climb up the all-time box office charts. When we look at the highest grossing films domestically, Top Gun Maverick is now at number 12. It's very likely that it's going to climb up to number 11 this upcoming week. And uh, ahead of that, we have just the top 10. So it moves past The Dark Knight at number 14 and 2019's The Lion King at number 13. It sits at number 12 with $571.4 million. The next movie in its crosshairs is Incredibles 2 at $608.5 million. If it has another week and weekend like it's been having, it should be there by this time next week. And then the next stop is to crack the top 10, bump Star Wars The Last Jedi out of the top 10. Well, I bet a lot of people are rooting for that at $620.1 million. So it's got about another $49 million to make if it wants to enter the all-time domestic top 10. I'm not betting against it at this point because this movie continues to be a phenomenon. When we look at the adjusted for inflation list, I mentioned a few weeks ago that inflation's not the best metric to look at right now, uh, but attendance is, is also tough because it's hard to find consistent average ticket prices for this movie. So this is an imperfect metric, but it is a metric. When you adjust Top Gun's gross for inflation, it's now the 59th highest grossing movie of all time. It is just past Finding Nemo and The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. It's just below the 
the Bells of St. Mary's and 1989's Batman, which it is probably past as we're sitting here talking uh, right now after the final tallies are being totaled for Monday and going into Tuesday. Uh, so we're looking at potentially a top 10 all-time domestic hit, potentially a top 50 all-time domestic hit when you adjust for inflation. Tom Cruise's number one movie of all time. So many different things uh, that this movie has going for it. it. Really, really impressive showing. Returning to the top five for the three-day weekend, Elvis was at number three in its second week with a very gentle drop of 41%. Its growth continued to be driven by older audience, so it was kind of the anti-minions. Jurassic World Dominion drops to number four in its fourth week with a 40% drop, and The Black Phone in its second week, avoiding that horror movie drop. Sometimes we see 60-70%. It stays at 48%, which means that the buzz, the word of mouth, is, is more akin to a traditional film than a horror movie which is often, you know, make as much money as you can right out of the gate in the first weekend and then drop like a rock in weekend two. There's an addition to the show now, and it's something that a few of you have requested over the last several months, and that is to look beyond the top five to the top ten. So these are the six through ten movies for July 1st through the 3rd. Lightyear falls out of the top five in just its third week, takes another big blockbuster dive at 65%. There are no legs for this movie. Yes, it's over $100 million on name recognition alone, uh, but this is not what we're used to seeing uh, from a Pixar movie. $6.3 million and then we have a huge drop off to number seven we dip below a million dollars this is where when we look at the overall box office we're missing a lot on this front this six through ten because there's not a very deep bench when it comes to movies but there are still some great movies there mr malcolm's list which was put out in about 1300 theaters is at number seven with eight hundred twenty six thousand dollars. everything everywhere all at once gaining business in its 15th week at number eight with five hundred fifty one thousand dollars. it actually outgrossed dr strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which came out a month later, took a 78% drop from last week and banked $391,000. And then at number 10 in its second week, dropping off 47%, is Jug Jug Geo from India with $320,000. And then very quickly to wrap out the top five for the four-day Independence Day long weekend, of course, we had the record-setting performance of Minions, The Rise of Gru, Top Gun Maverick in second place with $33 million, Elvis in third with $23.5 million, Jurassic World Dominion in fourth place with 19.7 million, and The Black Phone in fifth place at 14.4 million, keeping in mind that these numbers may adjust slightly as final numbers come in. These are estimates. It's very rare that you're going to see estimates on this show, but the long weekend uh, didn't necessitate it, but uh, made me decide to use them. So let's look at the box office road to recovery and how this weekend did at the box office compared to the average of 2015 through 2019 when you combine all those years together and, and make an average from week to week and once again we have beaten the five-year average we're just above that blue line really driven by the surprisingly strong success of minions the rise of Gru. and with thor love and thunder debuting this upcoming weekend it seems very possible i don't know if i would say likely but definitely possible that we're going to stay above that blue line for at least one more week so another example this summer of us not just easily beating what we were doing last year in 2021 but beating the average for the past five years so 
a lot of uh, ceiling at the box office this summer. It really is heartening to see people going back to the movies and seeing all of these movies succeed, whether I like them or not, because it means that people are going back to the theaters. And with all of the numbers that are coming out from the streaming services in the last several months, perhaps many of us, including myself, were a little too quick to start driving nails into that theatrical model coffin uh, because it, it really has come roaring back this summer. Something I've been doing here the last few weeks was to look at my local market and see what movie was commanding the most show times at the different theaters across the town. We have six theaters here representing 72 screens, 267 show times on the day I measured, which was Sunday, the 3rd of July. And you can see of those 267 show times in my local market, Minions The Rise of Gru easily dominating that with 74 show times. 28% of the total available shows were for Minions The Rise of Gru. That was double its nearest competitor. The second most show times in my market was actually Top Gun Maverick with 37. The Black Phone was just behind with 35. And then last week's number one movie, Elvis, was there at 33. So Top Gun Maverick, you can see its enduring popularity despite being in this market for five weeks. The movie with the second most available show times on a Sunday holiday weekend. Lightyear coming in fifth place, so a lot of these Disney guarantees probably only had a two-week uh, period of time, 29 show times. Uh, that would be 11% of the total available shows here in this market. Jurassic World Dominion still commanding 10% of the available show times here. A combination of all other films, including uh, several Indian films, as well as holdovers like Doctor Strange and Everything Everywhere All at Once, made up about 9% of the available show times in this market. And then the movie Mr. Malcolm's List, which came out in 1,300 theaters nationwide, only commanding about 3% or 9 show times this past Sunday. When we look at the overall box office market share for 2022, so these are all movie tickets sold since January 1st. The total market so far this year has been $3.8 billion. Paramount loses 1% market share this weekend, but still has the biggest slice of this pie with 26% of all tickets sold this year. But the big gainer was Universal off of the strong performance of Minions, The Rise of Gru. It picked up 4% market share in just one weekend. Universal has now sold 22 percent of all movie tickets this year. Disney Fox in third place was 17 percent. Its share was unchanged based on last week. WB at 14 percent. Its share also unchanged. Sony's at 13 percent. It loses one percent market share and the all other slice losing two percent market share. So all the studios other than the big five have accounted for just eight percent of ticket sales for this year. Before we move on, I would like to thank the sponsor for today's video, Storyblocks. Storyblocks has an ever-growing library of 4K and HD footage, After Effects and Premiere Pro templates, music, images, sound effects, and more to give you everything you need to bring your stories to life. And it is always growing and demand-driven. All of these assets are also royalty-free, so you can use your downloaded content anywhere for commercial and personal use. And the Storyblocks Unlimited All Access Plan gives you unlimited downloads for the over 1 million plus assets in their library, so you can find the perfect fit, create more, and spend less without sacrificing quality. And Storyblocks has videos and images for every occasion. We've been talking about the craziness that went on with Minions at the box office this weekend. You can find stuff that represents the entire narrative 
narrative of the weekend right there on Storyblocks. Look here, you have a bunch of bananas. The minions love bananas. Some jerks were throwing them in movie theaters. Don't throw bananas in theaters. Here we have a reenactment. There's a bunch of guys in suits. Maybe this is what you and the boys looked like after leaving the minion screening this weekend. And look, these are the fireworks that everybody missed happening outside here in the U.S. for July 4th while they were watching minions inside. And you can find out more right now by heading over to storyblocks.com slash Dan. That's S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash Dan, D-A-N, to check out their library and find the plan that's right for you. Let's move from films in wide release to films in the specialty box office, also known as limited release. These are movies in 1,000 theaters or fewer. And the number one movie was Jug Jug Geo in its second week with $308,000. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On expanded to 22 theaters, and that was enough to bump it up to number two on the limited release chart with $258,000. At number three, playing in only two theaters, was a film called Fourth of July with $218,000 thousand seven hundred twenty two dollars a bit of a controversial film due to its director uh, louis ck who has been in the news for the past few years but definitely some curiosity around this film because it was able to draw enough of a crowd to land here on this chart official competition in its third week was in 173 theaters it earned one hundred forty five thousand dollars and in 125 theaters the ray finds jessica chastain movie the forgiven made one hundred thirty five thousand $457. When we look at the limited release top 10 grocers, we are unchanged from last week. So no change to any of the rankings or really too many of the grosses. So I'm not going to go down too much on what people uh, were watching so far this year. But let's look at a big number for this weekend. And that was the per theater average. I mentioned July 4th uh, from Louis C.K. I think probably a lot of curiosity and he still has a fairly healthy fan base. It had a per theater average of $109,361 in only two theaters. And we'll see where that ranks as far as 2022 goes so far in just a second. Minions, The Rise of Gru had the second best per theater average of the weekend, thanks to a lot of uh, young folks in suits at $24,368. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is at number three with a per theater average of $11,747, followed by the documentary Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, A Journey, A Song in just three theaters makes $8,666. And then at number five, Top Gun Maverick still in this top five in 3,843 theaters, bringing in $6,655 per theater. I mentioned 4th of July. We're going to see it here again because this was actually the highest per theater average of 2022 by a lot. It's $109,000 average bumps everything everywhere all at once down to number two. It had a per theater average of $50,905 back in March. So by virtue of only being in two theaters, 4th of July more than doubles that average. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is at number three, followed by The Worst Person in the World and Jurassic World Dominion at number five. The Batman gets knocked off of this list. When we look at the summer box office, Top Gun Maverick is number one with $571.4 million. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness at number two. Jurassic World Dominion at number three. Minions The Rise of Gru enters the chart at number four with its $125 million debut. That bumps Lightyear down one spot to number five. Elvis remains at number six. The Black Phone jumps up one spot to number seven. Downton Abbey A New Era makes a big drop from number five to number eight. Eight, so down three spots. 
The Bob's Burgers movie drops down two spots, Firestarter drops down one spot, and Alex Garland's Men drops out of the 2022 domestic summer box office top 10. So if you picked Men to be one of the 10 highest grossing movies of the summer, I'm sorry to say that you're out of luck. Speaking of predictions, here were my predictions for the summer, and it's kind of a good news, bad news situation. None of my picks are out of the running yet, so I'm six for six so far as as far as movies that have been released, but I also don't have any of these movies in the proper position, and I don't know if I'm going to. We'll see how the rest of the summer progresses, but uh, Doctor Strange, Jurassic World, Lightyear, Top Gun, Minions, and Elvis, I picked all of them to be in the top 10 this summer. As of right now, all of them are in the top 10 this summer. Thor Love and Thunder, which is another one of my picks, obviously. I'd be pretty weird not to pick that. Opens this week, so I'll have seven in the top ten, but I really think that uh, this list is going to be made by those last three. DC League of Super Pets, Nope, and Bullet Train. They will determine really how I do on this top ten list. If you followed me in my summer predictions, Dwayne The Rock Johnson almost always screws me over by either me including or not including one of his movies on my summer top 10. So if DC League of Super Pets doesn't do well, then that will just continue that trend. But we'll see. Come on. Come on, Rock. Come on, Rock. Help me out here. Let's turn our attention from the domestic box office to the international box office. And we see that internationally, all markets outside of the domestic marketplace Minions The Rise of Gru is number one with $87.1 million. At number two was a film out of China called Lighting Up the Stars with $44 million. Right behind that is Top Gun Maverick with another $37 million internationally, followed by Jurassic World Dominion with $26.8 million and Elvis with $15.7 million. So when you take those international numbers, you smash them together with the domestic marketplace, we get our top five worldwide films for this past weekend, July 1st through the 3rd. And Minions The Rise of Gru with a nearly $200 million debut worldwide. So it's not just here that this movie's doing well. It is everywhere. The Minions have begun their world takeover yet again. Top Gun, a distant number two with $62.5 million worldwide, followed by Lighting Up the Stars at number three. Jurassic World Dominion with $42.4 million at number four. And Elvis with $34.7 million at number five. When we look at 2022 domestically, the year as a whole, Top Gun Maverick, easily the number one movie still, followed by Doctor Strange, The Batman, Jurassic World Dominion, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So the top five unchanged. Uncharted remains at number six for now, but hot on its heels is Minions, The Rise of Gru, which enters the chart at number seven. Lightyear breaks that $100 million barrier and moves up two spots, but it's really kind of an empty victory at this point for the folks over at Pixar. The Lost City drops down two spots. The Bad Guys drops down one spot and out of the domestic top 10 is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which will fail to make even $100 million domestically. What a precipitous decline for a once mighty franchise. And I think the studios that have other popular franchises would do well to pay attention to what happened to Fantastic Beasts and the Wizarding World franchise, at least right now. When we look at the 2022 worldwide box office, Top Gun Maverick now up to $1.1 billion. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness breaks the $950 million mark. Jurassic World Dominion jumps up one spot to number three. It has now crossed $830 million. Will it make it to a billion? We'll have to see how it does in these next several weeks. The Batman drops down one spot to number four. The Battle at Lake Chungjin 2 remains at number five. 
We've had this weird cluster at around $400 million for the last several weeks. Well, according to the latest figures that I could find, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore now goes up to number six with a $405.1 million total. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 moves up to number seven with a $401.8 million total, which just bumps down Uncharted two spots to number eight with a $401.6 million total. But they're all about the same. Too Cool to Kill is at number nine with $392.9 million, and The Bad Bad Guys remains at number 10 with 244.4 million, but there are minions a coming and they're going to be knocking the bad guys off of this chart in the very near future. When we look at the worldwide box office for the previous 365 days, so we take today's date, we roll it back one entire year. These are the top 10 movies worldwide. Spider-Man No Way Home remains number one. Top Gun Maverick, number two. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, number three. The Battle at Lake Changjin, the first movie, is at number four. Jurassic World Dominion moves up two spots to the top five with $831.4 million. That bumps No Time to Die down one spot to number six. The Batman down one spot to number seven. The Battle at Lake Changjin, two remains at number eight venom let there be carnage remains at number nine and then we have the most senior film on this list shang chi and the legend of the ten rings 64 days away from entering the 365 day hall of fame i still don't think it's going to make it but you never know perhaps a miracle will happen uh 432.2 million dollars for shang chi and the legend of the ten rings before we look at what people are watching at home, I always like to do a flashback to a box office weekend in the past, and we don't have to go back too far this week. We're only going back five years, back to when the last film in the Minionverse, the Illumination Minionverse franchise opened, and that is June 30th through July 2nd, 2017, the 26th weekend of the year. Despicable Me 3 opened to $72.4 million that week. At number two was Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, which opened to $20.5 million, so a pretty notable number two opening film also five years ago. Transformers The Last Night in its second week slipped to number three with $16.8 million. Wonder Woman was the oldest film in the top five at that point. In its fifth week, it was at number four with $15.7 million. And then Pixar's Cars 3 in its third week was able to stay in the top five, unlike Lightyear, with $9.6 million. So before we go, let's see what people are watching at home on various streaming services and devices. And we'll start with the iTunes rental chart. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is at number one yet again, available for purchase and rental. The Lost City now has a rental window open, so it enters the chart, re-enters, I should say, uh, with that rental window at number two. Watcher remains at number three. Everything Everywhere All at Once, available for purchase for now, I believe the rental window opens this week, is at number four. Spider-Man No Way Home stays at number five. The Bad Guys is at number six. Uncharted at number seven. Morbius is at number eight. The Patriot, so I think because of the Independence Day July 4th weekend, that was the movie that broke into the iTunes top 10 at number nine, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 at number 10. It was a big weekend on Netflix with the second volume of Stranger Things 4 debuting. We don't quite have those viewership numbers in yet, but we do have last week's Netflix viewership numbers. And The Man from Toronto was the number one program on Netflix using my global moral metrics. So I take the hours watched, I divide it by the length of the movie or TV show, and that gives us the potential finished views number, the PFV number. So 28.8 million Netflix users potentially finished viewing The Man from Toronto. Spiderhead is at number two with a PFV of 21.5. The debut of season three of the Umbrella Academy enters the chart at number three. It has a huge hours watch number, 124 million, 
with a PFV of 15.4. Love and Gelato enters the Netflix chart at number four with a PFV of 13.8. Sing 2, the rare non-Netflix entry on this chart, enters at number five with a PFV of 13.3. Then Hustle at number six with a PFV of 13.2. Man vs. B Season 1 with a PFV of 10.1. Then we have Stranger Things 4 biding its time before its next volume hits with a PFE of 8.4. Chicken Hair and the Hamster of Darkness remains in the top 10 with a PFE of 7.2. And You Don't Know Me Season 1 is at number 10, a new entry to the chart with a PFE of 5.9. When we look at the most watched global programs for 2022 on Netflix, The Adam Project remains number one, Stranger Things 4 remains at number two, Bridgerton remains at number three, followed by The Tender Swindler and Senior Year. Hustle moves out to number six, which drops Ozark season four down one to number seven. 365 Days This Day is at number eight, Inventing Anna is at number nine, and Through My Window is at number 10. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Stranger Things for this upcoming week because a lot of hours watched are going to be added to it but also we're adding to the runtime a little bit so that number also gets bigger we may see a situation where the pfv drops uh, for a little bit while people watch these last couple episodes and then goes back up or it may just kind of stabilize and creep up a little bit slower than it would have but i am taking that into account i can't just take into account the runtime for the last couple episodes because netflix doesn't delineate well are you just watching volume two of stranger things or are you watching volume one we don't quite know that so uh, it'll all work out in the end the the hours watched will be the hours watched but the pfv may fluctuate a little bit in these next couple weeks as we factor in these last couple of episodes looking back at the top 10 most watched netflix programs since they started sharing this data about a year ago on June 28th, 2021. The top five remains the same. Squid Game Season 1, Red Notice, Don't Look Up, The Adam Project, and The Unforgivable. Stranger Things 4 moves up one spot to number six. Money Heist Season 5 drops down one spot to number seven. Bridgerton Season 2 stays at eight. The Tender Swindler stays at nine. And Senior Year stays at ten. Last week, there was a weird thing going on with the Nielsen streaming ratings because they just weren't available. And it kind of sucked because it was the first week that Obi-Wan Kenobi was on the list. And I think the first week that The Boys was on the list too. I'm not exactly sure. So it sucked not to have those numbers, but it turns out that the wait was a little bit worth it because HBO Max has now been added to Nielsen's streaming service ratings. I can no longer say that uh, this is not reflective of the shows and movies on that platform. And you're going to see that pay off right from this very first chart. These were the most watched streaming movies in the United States for the week of May 30th through June 5th, according to Nielsen. So keep in mind, it is about a one-month delay on these numbers. But the most watched movie was Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore on HBO Max, and by a large margin, 12.6 million hours watched. So immediately we're getting some perspective as far as HBO Max's contribution uh, to the streaming wars, if you will. The second most watched streaming movie that week was The Amazing Spider-Man on Netflix, followed by Top Gun, which is available on both Netflix and Amazon. Encanto on Disney Plus stayed in the top five, and it's just an obscenely popular film. Interceptor on Netflix enters the chart at number five with 5.3 million hours watched. Disappearance at Clifton Hill is one of those random movies that just kind of popped up the chart on Hulu. It's at number six. Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus stays on the chart at number seven, followed by Turning Red at number eight. RRR on Netflix makes the top 10 most watched streaming movies for May 30th through June 5th at number nine, and then Senior Year at number 10.
And let's end the show by looking at the 10 most watched streaming series in the United States, at least according to Nielsen, for the week of May 30th through June 5th. And look at the gap here. This was the debut of Stranger Things, I believe. 120 million hours watched just here in the United States for this week. Its second place competition, All American on Netflix, had 20 million hours watched. So it outstripped number two by 100 million watched hours. That's just how big this show is compared to other shows on streaming right now. At number three is The Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix with 16.1 million. Then we have Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. I believe three episodes were available the week that this measurement was taken with 15.9 million hours watched, followed by The Boys on Amazon with 15.8 million hours watched. So two very popular streaming shows with very similar numbers. NCIS on Netflix is at number six. Ozark is at number seven. Coco Melon at number eight. Criminal Minds is at number nine. And Gilmore Girls re-enters the chart at number 10. And that wraps us up on Charts with Dan for this week. It is a big box office weekend on top of a previously big box office weekend because Thor Love and Thunder finally hits theaters after several delays, as many movies have been this upcoming weekend. Let's see if that Marvel movie magic can hold out. I know that Disney, after the uh, disappointing performance of Lightyear, is probably very much hoping that this movie is not just a hit, but a big hit to help salvage their summer. The only real competition is an animated film that's coming out on Netflix called The Sea Beast, and I don't think that's really any competition at all. So yeah, this is going to be a very Thor weekend at the box office. I will have a review of Thor Love and Thunder, a non-spoiler review that I'll put up either Thursday night or Friday morning. I'm going to see it on Thursday at the first available screening here, uh, and then I'll get my review out as soon as I can. I'll also have a spoiler review that I will put up this weekend. So if you want to talk spoilers about the movie, you can do that as well. Thank you so much for watching the show. If you want to see what else I'm up to, you can check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dan Merle. Thank you to my sponsor, Storyblocks, and thank you to my partner on this show, as always, Carbon Health. I'll be back later this week with more movie news and reviews. Until then, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.